I haven't dotted all the I's and crossed the T's. A new segment. And do you know how there's WebMD? Mm-hmm. Web Hazy B. <laughs> and no, no, listen up. It's for sports fans, and they can write in and gripe about their favorite sports team. Let's say you're a Giants fan. You log into Web Hazy B. I'm a Giants fan. I hate what they're doing. Why are they doing that? What are the symptoms of bad management? And how are they going to get better? And then Dr. Hazy B gives them insight and info to fix the problem. Wow, that that's revolutionary. Really has a lot of potential. I'll give you a lot of credit. I, I love the name. It's beautiful. I feel like we need to really <laughs> knock out the details on you know, what you're punching into the search engine, right? Like, do you have a case of the Danny Dimes? You know, that's probably what it is. I got There I is really, all different I break it angles. out, Danny Dimes, here. What could it possibly be, right? And then I, yes, I guess we all I, have yes. to explain what my, it is. My question is, were you just on WebMD for something and came across this idea? Like, where, where did the inspiration come from? Is everything okay there? Buddy, I get up at 5 in the morning and I have coffee and stupid things come into my brain. <laughs> they enter my brain and they rattle around there and sometimes I bring them up. But you could, you could like type in Web Hazy B. I woke up and looked in the mirror and I have Puliarvi head. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. happened to me? What, what am I going to do? What, am I, what are the symptoms? What do I need to prevent Puliarvi head? How can I make Puliarvi head a positive symptom? There well, is all different kinds of angles. Yeah, I, I mean, it's difficult to find a positive symptom. Like, how often do you go to WebMD and say, hey, this growth that is really starting to pick up steam on my back, <laughs> can you find a positive in this? You know, is there anything, you know, I'm turning shades of blue over here. Positive question mark, you know, WebMD? I don't think that's really a part of it, but maybe, listen, it's our own bit. You know, we can spin it whichever way you choose. Yeah. Kind of like on uh, Trade Deadline, Identity.com, you came up with that no, website. Identical.com. Who, identical.com. And I still have not had the stones to go and look at what that means because I don't know if I want that on my search history. I'm not sure no. exactly what comes there with that website. There is no such thing. It was a little spoof because the guy came in, the supermodel, and he was my stunt double. Right. But... Uncanny, too. Webhazyb.com. Really I mean, maybe we need to... Do we have to grab that? Like, do we do we need to, to own that website so that, you know... A rod. Go and buy webhazyb.com. You better yes. get it before the tat man gets it. Right, because then we got to pretend like we're not allowed to say That's it right. or whatever or use it, and we don't want any of that issue on our hands. Yeah. yeah. But if I like you have it, any great ideas for WebhazyB, shoot us a note. By the way, also... Metal roofing. I need a metal roof. If anybody's into that gig, let me know. But web <laughs> hazy. We're seeking web... out metal roof help. Yeah, and I do. I need a. I need a, a. I need a bunch of guys that work at a metal roofing company to come okay. up to Collingwood with me and put my roof on. <laughs> I'm so pretty let sure me know. someone will tweet. But in web hazy B, if you have any ideas. Like, just let us know how we can work yeah. it. We're not actually going to build a website. No, of course not. No. I'm just saying, you know, if it's going to be associated with, with the show now, you know, do we want to have any control over that so it doesn't go down a direction? Well, we could get a nice no graphic. Wants. Like, we could get someone here to put a nice web Hazy B graphic together. And I think that's But Hazy just mentioned it. There's no way it could get, like... There's no nobody goes on there with a positive. There's no positive. Like, no, nobody no, that's Googles WebMD and says... 
I woke up and I am totally ripped this morning <laughs> and I'm feeling great. What is this? Like, you right. know what I mean? There's no, no positivity. And it cascades. 100% you wake up, you go on that website, you're like, ah, I got a little chest congestion. And you start reading things and you're like, I basically have 40 days left on this earth. Dude, I'm it's, telling you, I don't think anything in life scares the hell out of people like looking up symptoms or whatever. It's you the can't worst. Do it possible no, website you cannot do ever it go created. see a doctor it's the worst possible website well, ever created and maybe that's what maybe that's the bit like you you text in or tweet in with an issue about your team like you hate danny dimes and hazy you're gonna tell us how danny dimes is the worst thing that ever happened to the giants and the franchise is gonna cease to exist in 60 days that's a good point because the reaction actually has to make it worse i have to make you feel worse yeah right oh no. like, yes, yes it's we have true. To- it's the truth. That's what everyone that's, feels is worse. That's what it is. Like that's what web WebMD. It doesn't make you feel better. Dude, I, WebMD's a death sentence. I get that. But we have to put a positive spin on it. What about you googling your problems and a hazy be worst case and best case to have shed some light? I guess on it. I can try to shift the tide a little bit. Or you, you know, just wanted a dark to. and and gloomy web. But it like, is a, though. Oh, web like hazy you, you, B. Go to WebMD, stub toe, Dude, I don't. toe. I don't you have the plague it. and you're dead tomorrow, yeah. according <laughs> to that plague. website. It's gonna you have get the infected plague and you're dying tomorrow. And it's over. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's never positive. It's never a positive outcome. And um, anyway, I think there's something there, though. I, I'm willing to, to spin it positively and negatively. Is that? And then maybe what we could do is those are your two options. And either you, Noodles, you, Frankie, whoever it is, you guys need to determine which one makes more sense. I'm not Maybe involved in the, the segment. You are the judge, jury, and executioner on that one. Right. I'm presenting you the 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 emails that come in. To, I'll, the symptoms. I will run the website. Oh, I'm okay. Web Hazy you, B, and you, I'll right. read them to you. Yeah, you got to be presenting the symptoms. You're like that person you see before the doctor, and then you see the doctor Hazy B. Right. It's all a breakdown. Well, you know who might have been on uh, WebMD before the game last night? It was Ilya Samsonov. He may have been typing in. What do I have after I took a shot right no, no, to no. the junk in the he pregame? He said, how do I play great goaler when getting hit in the nuts in warm-up? Yeah, well, he got a positive response from WebMD, yeah, first time ever. Joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline, here's our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson. You ever do that to a goalie in warm-up, Johnny? Get him where you shouldn't get him? Probably, Hayes. But I mean, I didn't shoot the puck very hard in a game or in warm-up, but... <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard, but it's funny. We saw that clip, and then we were like, did he hurt himself? Did he stretch his groin? And then I watched him like, oh, no, no. He didn't pull a groin. He got clipped somewhere else. Uh, But it didn't hurt his game because he was good. In that first period, that game could have been 3 4 nothing. It could have been out of reach because Jersey was that good, and Samsonov played well enough to keep the Leafs in it, where they eventually played better and, and played well enough to win. But yeah, early on, he was, like, first three minutes of the game, he was a couple backdoor attempts, Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt dancing in on him. And um, I guess, have we officially dropped the home road splits board? Because that was a road game for Samsonov where he was very good. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything quite as terrifying as this when you're an 18-year-old and you're at your first training camp, Johnny. Maybe O as well, Hazy back in Barrie. But Manny Legacy was at Vancouver's camp on a PTO and I rang one off his clavicle in warm-up, and I was really, really scared. It brought me back to that moment last night when you're hurting your goalie, but it's a little different when it's like a like Manny Legacy. That guy was a legend. 
Like, did you have any moments like that where you're like, oh, man, that's an older guy. That is not good for me right now. Yeah, I mean, again, probably not me, but I'll never forget this one. We were playing for the Maple Leafs. We had Glenn Healy with our backup. And Heels used to wear that. He might have been the last guy with Dominator to wear the helmet, not the mask. (laughs) And so it was Chris King, you know, who was a a tried-and-true veteran, but didn't score a lot of goals. And we're doing, like, just the the semi-circle arc shooting after practice. And Kinger walks in and tries to go upstairs, and he pegs him square in the forehead, and heels explode. Like, he's bleeding <laughs> everywhere. And so in a fit of frustration, he whips his stick into the stand. And I don't know if you remember, you guys may be too young, but they were gardens. Like, they used to have, like, ushers and people that would work in the building. And sometimes they'd watch practice. Sometimes they'd just be sitting up there chilling. And this guy was, like, having a snooze about 12 rows up in the gold, <laughs> and he almost got clipped. My heels is stick, and heels was just, even though Chris King was, you know, a veteran, you know, it was, you know, three goals on the year, and now you're trying to go upstairs, learn how to shoot kind of thing. I can't even imagine if you were a young guy and pulled that off, but that was probably the worst because he cut him open for all kinds of stitches, getting him right in the forehead. Johnny, how do you think the goaltending, like, like is it Samsonov's net to start the playoffs as of right now? And if it is, it seems like, Matt Murray can make up so much ground with so little. Do you know what I mean? It seems like if he goes in the net and has two great performances, it'll be like, oh, wow, it's Matt Murray's net now. Yeah, I think it's probably Samson. Like, you know, whatever there is, 18 games left, they, even if they split them, you know, like how poorly does Samsonov have to play? How well does Murray have to play for Samsonov not to be the guy to start game one? I mean, just the consistency, the health. But the performance of Samsonov warrants that he gets the net for game one. Uh, but I, you're right, though, because there is that kind of sentiment. And I don't even, I mean, it must be because of the history of Matt Murray and the success that he has had previously in his career. But it feels like, you know, if he strings two or three really good ones together, we could have, they might be having a, a, a the same conversation again. Like, hmm, who, who do we go with? But I think, I think it's got to be Samsonov, um, given how he's played all year long. It's, it's sort of, uh, the, the competition kind of feels over, and then it's almost no fault of Murray's. He just he just wasn't healthy long enough to kind of battle for that the starters now. But I think it's Samsonov to, to keep now until something happens into the playoffs. Feels like this goalie conversation is coming up a lot in the East, right? Uh, look at the Devils. Like we keep talking about how good these teams are. How do you know Vanacek is? going to be good enough to take you on a run. How do you know Allmark, who doesn't have playoff history, continues this and is a rock star? Like, I, I got a pretty good idea on Vasilevsky. Shesterkin has not had his best year, based on what he did a year ago. But last year in the conference final, it was Vasilevsky versus Shesterkin. If Shesterkin, you know, gets sparked and comes alive and feels great come game one, like, is that where you kind of have to start the, the conversation, Johnny? Is You got Vasilevsky on one side of the bracket in the East, Shesterkin on the other side of the bracket in the East, and what are these other guys going to be capable of doing to match what those guys can do when they're on their game? Yeah, I guess I would just dump in Sorokin if they make it. Now, you know, he would be, he deserves to be part of that conversation with the Islanders. I think he's the reason that they will make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think everyone else, even Carolina, who I am so bullish on, uh, like, you know, it's Freddie. And Freddie's track record and playoffs and health and everything else, uh, or it's Kachekov, or it's uh, Ronta. Like, there's there's no proven, proven commodity there. Or it's Mackenzie Blackwood or Kira Schmid in behind in behind Vanacek. You know, yeah, so 
Uh, I guess, though, Hayes, I think the conversation is not so much about, you know, how come those teams don't have a proven guy? Because in many ways, you know, you can't prove you've done it until you do it. But it's more, how many proven guys are there even in the league? I mean, think about out West. Who's winning the Pacific? They got Jonathan Quick playing in Vegas or or was Brossois or, you know, like they don't have many good, like how many proven guys that you would count on year after year? Is there, is there five right now? Seven? Like there's not many goalies that would, you'd dump in the Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, Sorokin conversation. Well, and then outside of like, if you look at the West, outside of Ottinger, Right, like mm. that's kind of what keeps the West a little more wide open. I know Gustafson had a good year, well. and Hellebuck should be in there, Hellebuck. But, yeah. Yes, but then yeah. you're going. You have Gustafson in Minnesota, Georgiev in Colorado. Like it's not Vasilevsky, it's not Shesterkin. Like these are guys that are going to have to prove it this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, other than Hellebuck and probably Ottinger, given how well he played in playoffs previously, uh, but also like you know, I, I think Darcy Kemper is very good. He's not as good as those guys. And Colorado won that Stanley Cup, not a ton of trouble with Darcy Kemper playing not his best hockey after taking some injuries throughout the playoffs. So maybe, you know, another way to frame it is obviously you would prefer those best goaltenders and they'll take you a long way. It's such an important position. But if you're a good enough team, you can win a Stanley Cup. You can go deep in the playoffs. It's not a limiting factor if you don't have one of those guys, and that should make whether you're New Jersey or Toronto or Carolina or whoever feel good about your chances. You don't have to have one of those guys to win. You can certainly get by with just good goaltending from a good goalie. Johnny, do you think Mitch Marner, as good as he plays, is there a reason why he doesn't get, like, selkie love? He, He kills penalties. He seems to be a great defensive player. And I know you know the numbers. Is it because of face-offs, or why is he never brought up in that conversation? Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly centermen are part of it because it's almost exclusively a centerman award. Lettinen, Lettinen was a winger. Yeah, no, I, I, Lettinen, Mark Stone, you know, has always kind of been in that conversation, but just not many wingers um, get considered for that award. Uh, I, I think because he is a very good penalty killer, He's willing to block a whole bunch of shots. He is savvy, but he also is uh, an aggressive offensive player. Oh, and when he makes some, occasionally he makes mistakes that hurt the team defensively because he's trying to make things happen offensively. You take it because he's so good. But I think if you're a voter, whether you look at just watching the tape or if you check out the numbers, you know he does concede occasional chances because he he he, he makes. He's always trying to make plays and, and errors on the side of, of offense sometimes and not exclusively defense. That might hurt his candidacy, but it's a conversation worth having because he is, you know, there is no part of the game he doesn't touch. And when, he, when he's fully embracing just stopping guys, he's a very good defensive player. Well, you look at the amount of minutes he played, almost 26 minutes last night, and yeah. seven of those were on special teams. And yeah. Like that alone, you know, says something when you just break down. They're a top five team in the league, and, you know, he kills penalties. He's on PK1, PP1. He's the guy that activates whichever center kind of needs poking and prodding. Mm-hmm. In terms of just pure value, it's not something people in Toronto are unaware of, but, man, he, <laughs> what a season he's having. I mean, the guy, he's been spectacular. I thought he was great again last night. Yeah, he's, he's so good. I mean, he, he was he not first-team all-league last year? He yeah, was, the last two he? years, I believe. 
He's like he's the best right winger in the league. So, and I think this year is probably his best year of his career. Yeah, which is which is saying something. Um, I don't know where that ranks him. I you know I, I'd have to go through the list. Like I don't know where he ranks. You know, we did a TSN top fifty. We did the TSN top twenty five midseason rankings. I don't know where he would go right now if you if you ranked all the players in the league. But he would have to be one of the highest wingers in the entire NHL. I don't know how you value wingers, centermen, defense, whatever. But as far as wingers go, just off the top of our heads, what do we got this year? Pasta, in Kaprizov, Matt, Kaprizov, Matthew Kachuk. Like, is, yeah. would that be it? Something like that. So, you know, he's, he's, he's playing with the very best in the world. And when you watch him every night for Toronto, you can appreciate how important he is for all the reasons you mentioned. Like, there's just Sheldon Keefe uses him so much in so many different areas. And it's not like he's just sort of cashing in on Austin's excellence. Austin's amazing, but he's not 60 goals amazing. He's, he's wherever he's got, 20, 28, 29, 30 goals, whatever it is. Um, you know, he's not just picking up assists like that. He's he's driving it uh, a lot on his own for everyone, not just Austin Matthews. So I don't know what you're going to say. Like he's, he's having an amazing year, better than his previous ones where he was considered the best in the league at his position. Johnny, when defensemen come to Toronto, it is a weird phenomena. Weird things <laughs> can happen on the positive or the negative. I mean, it's yeah. a 30 for 30 documentary on D-men coming here. I really like Jake McCabe. The sample size mm-hmm. isn't large, but he just seems to be calm back there. He's got bite, and he's a smooth skating guy. And I, he's never been a guy that I've had on my radar as like, man, I really because everybody's got their guys that they watch, and they're like, damn, that guy's a good player. And he's never really been on my radar, but I've liked what he's brought to the table thus far. Not really on mine either, though. Uh, you know, I I don't know if Buffalo or in Chicago, like teams that weren't particularly great. Uh, I know he was a very good junior player of the World Junior Tournament, you know, whatever it was, 10, 12 years ago when he played in it. Um, but I think he's kind of come as advertised. And one of the real phenomenons, I think, not just in Toronto, but in, in a lot of teams, is that if you're a high-profile player, whether you're brought in as an unrestricted free agent or in a major trade, the tendency is to want to try to show everyone right away how good you are. And you kind of try to take your game maybe to places you don't usually take it. And, and, and it doesn't always go well. Uh, I think about Mike Komoserik, who, you know, tried to become a different player in Toronto and it just didn't go well. Uh, it feels like he stepped in and was like, no, I'm very aware of who I am as a player. I'm not trying to chase any game that doesn't belong to me. Uh, and I'm going to just do my thing. And, and you're right. He's, he's a solid skater. He's a solid player. Like he's, he's kind of like plays with a little heft to his, his battles. You know, he moves the puck up the ice relatively efficiently. Doesn't really concede a whole bunch around the net. Doesn't look like he's been too vulnerable off the rush. I, you know, he, he's a little bit like an offensive lineman. Maybe sometimes the less you talk about him, the better he's playing. And he's just comfortable just settling in there and giving them stability. And I think so many ways what Toronto is looking for on the back end is just that stability. Like, they know exactly what they're going to get from that guy, and that guy avoids the big mistake. Because the Leafs are a good team, and they have a lot of good players, but I think what Sheldon Keefe fights with sometimes is the big mistake. And so far, Jake McCabe hasn't really shown that he does that. And so... Um, I guess that's why they traded the first-round picks and traded that deal where 
He's a $2 million defender for two more years. Like, what a steal that is for value for, for Jake McCabe. And um, if it helps ease the burden on Morgan Riley, because we've talked about this before, guys, how depending on how the pairing shake out, you might be asking Morgan Riley to do less, which might make him more effective. And, Johnny, and why do they want Luke Shen? Why do they want Luke Shen to play with Morgan Riley in the top pairing? He's not a top pairing guy, and why do they want to force that? Or are they trying to force that? Or what? What are their intentions? It's a good question, though, because I'm one, like I've said. I think the Leafs have five defensemen that have to play, and I put Timothy Lilgren in my five. And yet, it appears by the scratching and everything else, like he might not necessarily be as high up the pecking order. And I have them for Sheldon Keith, like Luke Shen and Hall and Lilgren are maybe all clumped in together. Like why they want Luke Shen to play with Morgan Riley, I guess if I'm answering that, I disagree with it. I'm with you, Oh, I don't think Luke Shen can play first pair of minutes. I don't think he can play him against first pair matchups. He's good at what he does in moderation. No kidding. But why they want him to? Like, I think because if you look at Luke Shen when he played with Quinn Hughes, his numbers were very strong. But I think that's more a function of Quinn Hughes being really very good. The bottom line, Johnny, is that he hasn't been doing it. So why are you trying to create something? And what you're doing ultimately is setting it up for failure. And it's happened time and time again with the organization. Mike Komisarek is a great example. He signed the contract. He was a steady Eddie, played with Markov, and took people's heads off in the corner. And then they tried to make him a power play guy when he got here. It but was insane. That, that always happens. Anytime a team picks up a player, it's like, this is the shiny new toy, and we got to try him out in all these different situations and see and if we can bring what? out it the best of been, it. And it Frankie, always happens. It might have been they were in Vancouver. His family was there, and they wanted to just play him with Morgan Riley. Vancouver guys, whatever. But maybe it's not a long-term thing, but I just hope it isn't because it wouldn't make sense. Well, and think about this. At some point, don't you want to see Jake McCabe? And I know him and and TJ Brody look pretty good together. Wouldn't you want to see him play a little bit with Morgan Riley just to see what that looks like? And then, like, Johnny, I thought it was a really astute point by you last night when you talked about the Justin Hall pass on the bunting goal. Not a lot of forwards would point that out, so kudos to you. But when when you're down to those decisions, we never see it, you donkey. <laughs> when, when when you're when like when when you're down to those decisions as far as personnel and who's going to be playing with who, like I think there's way more up in the air. There's there's four guys that are going to play no matter what. But after that, like how you kind of piece everyone together, that's going to be a, a big work in progress. It, it, you know, it's a fascinating conversation. There's no doubt Toronto's a progressive team management philosophy. And Sheldon Keith is probably a more progressive coach than most, but he has a little old school in him. Like, you don't have to go back to Commissaric. Look at Labushkin. Labushkin last year, because they wanted a guy who, like Luke Chen, right? They wanted a guy who would hit and play heavy. And Labushkin played too much in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, you have to, like, there's a role for those players. But I think if you try to use them a ton, if you try to play them first pair of minutes, you're setting yourself up for failure. Even if they don't cost you, they're not helping you to the same degree that a different kind of player in that role could help you. It, it's fascinating. Um, you know, I, I understand coaches like to kind of go a risk averse. So, like, maybe Luke Shen feels safer than Timothy Lilgren. But I think over the course, even a seven-game series, like, it's probably not a percentage play to play him more than Timothy Lilgren. I don't know if that's how it goes, but that's how I feel about it. We'll see. I, I don't think anything's quite decided. 
Um, maybe it's injury related. Oh, maybe it is the you know soft landing spot in Vancouver with Morgan Riley from Vancouver. We'll see when Luke Shen get back here. But I, I would be uh, curious, if not concerned, if I'm a Leaf fan. Like you know, you don't want to play people just because they're new more than they should be playing. Um, and, and maybe Luke Shen falls in that category. Yeah, I I think that's likely going to be recognized down the stretch. Like they're you're not going to play him 22, 23 minutes based but on. Yeah, they did no, that kind of last year, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose, but I think that was more they didn't trust Lilligren, they didn't trust Sandine. Yeah, true. You know, I, I think the young guys they didn't trust. So they didn't like, trust Hall yet either. They they trust... sat him the first two games of that series last exactly. year. Exactly. And and I mean that's the nature of, of a top four and a and a bottom pairing, as you guys know. You get to the playoffs, your bottom bottom pairing it may play single digits some games. Like the, it may play nine minutes. It may play eleven or twelve. Yeah. Better be like, a good nine, Hazy B. Absolutely. It's gotta be. I mean you look at it last year it was Jack Johnson, Eric Johnson, and they were they didn't play a lot. But they, they tried to get out in the right situations. They were big veterans. They tried to play safe. They got off the ice. That was effectively what happened with Colorado. It's what's happened with the third pairing in Tampa really for three years. And I, I assume that will likely happen here. The question is, how do they shake out the top four here? Because, as you mentioned, Johnny, four guys are playing. Riley, Brody, McCabe, Giordano are playing. But are, mm-hmm. those, are those your top four? No. Like, no. So how does it work then? Well, they need one other guy, and that's what we've been talking about, right? Like, uh, if you're assuming Brody's on the left, I know Frankie wants Jake McCabe to go on the right, or maybe with Brody on the right. Like, I, I want to take a peek at it. Yeah, I think Gio's your third pair of left side defenseman, and he can play a lot of different roles and fluctuate his minutes. I think you need one more guy you can trust, and I think they have three guys that shoot right, Lilgren, Hall, Chen, that they are hoping will fill that void more than adequately, but well. I think it's Lilgren. I think he deserves it. I think he's played well enough. I think the numbers back it up. I think it's him. I think he's the best of those options. I don't know if the coaches agree. Yeah. I, I would agree with you that I trust Lilligren over in terms of a guy. If you if you told me one of these three guys has to play twenty minutes in the playoffs, Lilligren, Hall, or Shen, I would take Lilligren. How much? Like how much of a margin would you say you trust Lilligren over the other guys? Because for me, it's Lilligren's had a great year, but it still seems like he can munch minutes more than Luke Shen. It's thirty percent sure. over it's, Hall, and it's twelve percent over it's, Shen. It's not a ton. Hmm. I go the other way. It's probably. Twelve percent over Hall, thirty percent over Shen. You know, if I had to, if I had to rank them as far as who could take that role specifically, that second pair role, I give Lilgren, then I give Hall, then I give Shen. Yeah, I would go the same order, and I think it gets back to what we just talked about with Shen. Like Shen is he's a six or seven, and he's definitively a third pairing guy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. definitively, well, that's okay. That's fine. That's not, there's nothing wrong. You need six guys. You need them to play. It doesn't mean he's not going to kill penalties. And if someone gets injured, his minutes aren't going to go up. And if he's playing well and comfortable, find him another shift. You know, find him a couple of shifts each period. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are capabilities, um, you know, that, that are, are lacking there in terms of him moving up the lineup. Ten years ago was different in his career. It's not where it is now. You look and, at Tampa, what they did last couple years, it was like it was a ton of McDonough, Hedman, Ruda, yes, Chernak. Yeah. Chernak like, and it, Like those guys, those other guys, Sergachev, it's like if you're a depth guy, you're going out there to not get scored on, not do anything stupid, 
and not get cycled around in the corners. And it's get like off you the gotta ice. Go out, yeah, and then get off the ice and let the big boy go, big boys go out. And yeah. AZB, that's exactly what we're talking about. Johnny, we've got a new segment coming up. It's not WebMD. It's called WebHazyB. So <laughs> you could bring up the defense scenario and say, I got a sports team, I got defensemen, and I just took a look today and I'm confused and I want to know what to do. Web okay. Hazy B. Here's my first online Web Hazy B call-in for you. Careful. Okay. Right? Careful. Tell us. Yep. Tell us. I'm in, I'm in Montreal just chilling, and I'm just flipping around, and I see multiple sports movies on the clicker. Web Hazy B, I need to know where do I go? Hoosiers, Secretariat, or Moneyball? I was in a toss-up. I wanted to watch them all. I'm a sucker for them all. I did not know where to go. I need help from a doctor. This is an easy answer. This is where you go to the doctor. We all have one answer. Go ahead, Hazy B. I I might surprise you. It's Moneyball. That's the correct answer. Moneyball is the correct answer because it's modern, right? Secretariat, it's about a horse. You can't have a lead character be a horse. Like, come on. And I understand there's more the, to it's it. It's about the triumph of human spirit. I, isn't horse. it Toby Maguire, too? I think Toby. I, anything with yeah. Toby Maguire is off Web Hazy B. All right? It's banned. It's a search okay. word that okay. isn't allowed. So that's okay. out. Hoosiers is fine, but I don't, I, you know, sorry, it's too dated. I'm yeah, not a. Chipwood. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's oh. not. It, it just doesn't resonate with me. Okay. But Moneyball, you got Jonah Hill, who's great in that. You got Brad Pitt, who's great in it. You're a, you're a numbers guy, That's Johnny. That's the thing, Johnny. I'm asking for more details guy. on you. And, yeah. Do the yeah, exactly. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's Moneyball all day long. What does he do? He gets on base. And Hazy B, what does he do? Gives you the answer. I That's like right. <laughs> Frankie, That's right. Frankie, do you have a That's chime? Right. I am Moneyball 100% because my guy, Johnny, is an analytics guy. And he was very <laughs> astute last night on the broadcast, pointing out that Lidstrom-esque pass from Justin Hall. Ooh, My selection is sharp. <laughs> click the TV off and fire up your lawnmower engine on your shoes, go to St. Catherine Street, and pin the gas pedal down to the floor. Yes, that is a very good option as well. A very good option. Oh. As well in Montreal. All right, Johnny. Oui, well, oui, you, you, Paris. you figure out where you want to take that, God buddy. For That's advice that. for you. both sides. And you let <laughs> us know where that goes maybe in a in a group chat. Thank you, Johnny. Say hi Enjoy to Vic Lowell, right. too. He's a captain. He's a doctor. He's everything. There he's it is. AZB. Yep. Many hats. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> All right, boys. Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. I haven't been down St. Catherine, St. Laurent in mm. a long time, man. A long time, Montreal. Like you know, COVID. You know Johnny's bringing there. the A outfit out tonight for dinner and whatever post-dinner is on yep. the itinerary. Absolutely, man. You, you Wednesday, like a Montreal, big night in Montreal. There's not. I don't think it can be matched anywhere in the it's country. Like every, every night's a big night in Montreal. Yeah. It is. Like a Thursday, really Friday, Saturday is. in particular. You, you get into the spring. You get F1 weekend in Montreal. Woo! Mm-hmm. Man, can it party. It yeah. is a great town. We got to get there. Got to get on the road. Web Hazy B, how do we get to Montreal? I'll tell you how. We'll figure that out. Role play level of concern. Another great bit. Another great bit. Another great bit coming up. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 4. You can never, never 
asked me to stop drinking. Do you understand? I do. I really do. Alright, here we go. Role play level of concern. Many options. Many options. Pine on the patio, no concern whatsoever. Six pack and a shot. Mediocre concern. Marty Wildwood. A step above mediocre concern. That's six bush light, six bud light. I love it. <laughs> do Tall the math. Boys. Or do the math. I'm always mixing up what he says, but we got six the clip. bush light, six bud light, and I love them. Tall boys. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's Nick Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. All right? So let's go around the table here. Oh, you were playing the role of the Calgary Flames. They got a win, one nothing in a shootout last night. <laughs> One nothing in a shootout. It was 1934 again last night, uh, Calgary, Minnesota. What is your level of concern? This season is not just a blip on the radar. It's actually the beginning of the franchise starting to tail off. I believe that I'm Marty Wildwood on this one. Six bush light, six bud light, and I love them, tall boys. <laughs> Because I just want to sit down, and I'm a little bit nervous, and I need to take the edge off. And the Marty Wildwood pleasure pack is something that I need because I look... (laughs) A pleasure pack. (laughs) You remember that? Yeah, that's The Marty Wildwood pleasure pack is inserted into my veins... Because I'm looking at Huberto, and he is kicking in next year, and he is making big money, and it does not look like it's working. Is there scenarios in year two where a guy completely flips the switch, and he's nominated again for the Hart Trophy next year as a flame? There's a lot of ground to make up for that. It just seems like... And Tree deserves all the credit for bringing pieces in after two guys said no thanks. Marvelous job. But the way it's worked out, it's somewhat concerning. That's where I turn to the pleasure pack. I think that's appropriate. Like, we all love Nazem Kadri. He's a year older. Like, it was conceded the last three years of that deal may not be great. This one's going to be wasted. Like, if they miss the playoffs, there's a year gone. So uh, I I think that's appropriate. Uh, Frankie, you're playing the role of Michael Bunting, Mm -hmm. who had himself a response last night. Played well, scored a goal. Uh, what is your level of concern? You will not be playing in the top six come playoff time. I'm not very concerned. I'm a pint on the patio on a nice yeah. sunny day, maybe with a chicken Big Mac as well. Interesting. I don't know if you've can't seen that. Food op- can't okay. bring food options. Can't bring, that's I will illegal. cancel the food options. This is a real legit bit. Please be serious. <laughs> pint on the patio Thank you because for that. if he plays the way he can, which he did last year, there's no one else on that team. Even though Kelly Yarncroft's been playing well, he still is better suited on the third line. Michael Bunting, for the foundation that he's laid with Matthews and Marner, should be in the top six. And if you see the way he played last night, it looked like his game was coming around and he gets that goal and there's a little bit of relief on his face. Like It seems like he's just going to channel everything in here and have the right amount of um, you know, extracurriculars with his skill and speed. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not concerned. Yeah, he played well. I, I do think Yarncroke has been playing. I think he's had a really good trip. I thought he had a really good trip. Um, I thought he looked great in Calgary. I thought he looked good last night. I, I do wonder if O'Reilly out of the lineup, is that's going to push Tavares back to the middle of the ice, assuming he returns on Saturday. He's going to get a run of 
you know, 10-plus games back in the middle of the ice. Not that we, we don't know what he looks like as a centerman. He's been a centerman his whole career. You know, we're coming up on five full years of him being a centerman in Toronto. But might something change in the game plan of Keefe in terms of Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly down the middle when O'Reilly returns? How does that affect what they do on the wing? I'm not sure. I will say Kerfoot played a lot of minutes last night. And I know it's blasphemy in this town to give him any props. Thought he played okay. You know, I think he's been playing better recently. Um, but okay, Frankie, we'll leave it there. I am playing the role of the New York Jets. The New York Jets. What is my level of concern that the strategy of Rodgers or bust is a flawed strategy? It's not quite Marty Wildwood, which means it can't be Nick Cage, but it's certainly not a pine on the patio. It's, Dude, it's, this- it's all based on the results, Hazy B. If they win a Super Bowl in one year and it's kind of that one-year perfect Yep. Uh, you know, lightning strikes in a bottle, whatever the saying is, mm-hmm. it's worth it. Of course it is, but there's a couple things at play. One, there's no guarantees that Rodgers is going to snap out of it and say, yes, I'm definitely in, although True. I think that's where it's going. They all flew out to Malibu. They all sat down with them. The Packers are giving them permission to do it. The Packers, the Packers are telling the world they don't want them, and Rodgers is conceding that either they don't want them or they don't want him, and he doesn't want them. So that's why he's willing to sit down with New York. Reports are out there. He's interested in going to New York. It feels like it's going in that direction. But this is a guy who spent four days in a hobbit house in Oregon trying to predict what he'll do between now and the tomorrow may be impossible. He may turn on the Jets. He may get to the Jets and not be in the mood. He may not be a leader anymore. He may have his money and just say, I don't want to do it. There, There's an element of flawed strategy here, but... Even if all of that happens, if they get him in a Jets uniform, he's better than anything else they've had. Not even close. In years. Even him at 50% and he doesn't care about anything, he's still better than anything they have. So from that standpoint, there's a little bit of flawed strategy, but it's still worth it. Uh, We'll come back with more role play level level of concern. Oh, you're going to play the role of Lamar Jackson coming up. Frankie, you're playing Connor McDavid. We've got a few more. Uh, irons in the fire here. Role play level of concern. Darren Drager still to come. Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel and our picks for the players. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. And uh, we'll get to our picks for the players quickly before we continue role play level of concern. I think we've been the New Orleans Pelicans before. I know we've played the role of Zion before, but uh, it's just coming in courtesy of the Pelicans. Zion Williamson and the hamstring injury. Will miss a minimum of two more weeks. That was a lock. That I'm telling you, he won't play again this year. He will not. He will not play again. You're probably right. We knew that that tweet was coming. That was already in the drafts, ready to go. Yes. Whoever tweeted that out. Minimum two weeks. Yeah. Like this guy's been out for months already. Whenever he gets injured, it's just write it off. He's gone. And uh, John Morant news coming in. Also, big news in college ball, man. Jim Beheim is out at Syracuse. Retiring. After- well, it sounds like it was a push-out. It sound, like he's been there for 47 years. Mm-hmm. 47, which and makes he's it had a lot of stuff go on the last few years. Yes. He's lost his fastball. He stayed there too long. He's done some yeah. stupid stuff. I believe there was even a car accident that he was involved. Like, there's been a lot of stuff going on with Boheim and Syracuse. Yes, and I think they've wanted him out for a while, but it's been so tough because he's Boeheim, and he's been there for 47 years. They lost to Wake Forest today, and he's out. Uh, anyway, continuing with role play level of concern. Oh, you're playing the role of Lamar Jackson. 
What is your level of concern? No other teams are going to offer you that massive contract you're looking for. Mm. I got to go back to the Marty Wildwood pleasure pack. I'm sorry. Six bush light, six bud light, and I love them, tall boys. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am starting to have a bit of an understanding that I've got this little dark secret that I thought nobody knew about, but they do. And that is very concerning. So it's ultimately probably going to cost me. And I can't believe I'm here. I thought teams would be just all piling on. And there's probably some teams that are playing at Koi that really want to get involved. I don't know if a team like San Francisco would look at this and be like, could this Mm -hmm. be our guy? I mean, Carolina, got to be right in there as well. Who knows, man? There's always a team that you never thought would be a part of the mix, but I'm a Marty Wildwood pleasure pack on that one as well. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I I think um, I, I wouldn't. Like, there's a lot of teams that have already publicly stated they're not in. Uh, you know, I'll believe that when I actually see it. There may be some collusion. There may be some, you know, understanding that the Ravens have told anyone, doesn't matter what you do, we're just going to match it, so you're wasting time, which, again, seems like something the PA should possibly take issue with. But uh, there's got to be a team or two willing to take a look at a guy like this. There's got to be always someone desperate, regardless of the fact that he's missed, I think it's 11 games over the last two years someone's desperate. Like, all these teams that are struggling for QBs, can't draft, can't develop, someone's got to be like, we're just going to do it with this guy and we'll see exactly. if it can work. He's 26. He's won an MVP. He's electric, right? Like, he's a fun guy to watch. And it's you could the quarterback get 10 position. years out of the dude, man. You could yeah. get 10 years out of him. It makes it, – it, it, you cannot convince me there isn't at least one team, I would argue five teams, that don't say clearly we need Lamar. And so what if, if Baltimore matches? Who cares? All right, go back. We'll go somewhere else. Uh, it, something doesn't add up there. Frankie, you're playing the role of Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, who's having a historical season, putting up massive numbers, going to run away with the Rocket, run away with the Art Ross. He's already won the MVP. What is your level of concern, though, that you need playoff success for this season to be remembered long term? It's interesting because you say playoff success. Is that team or is that individual? I'd say both. Both. Like the team's got to go on a run to connect the two. I'm pine on a patio. I'm not that concerned because Austin Matthews had 60 goals last year. He won the Rocket. He won the Heart. He won the, uh, was it the Ted Lindsay? Yep. And he didn't have the playoff success. Team doesn't get out of the first round, but... Everyone still remembers that season from last year as of now. Connor McDavid, this guy's going to put up 150 points, 60 goals with ease, it seems. Regardless of how things go in the playoffs, that is a season that will be remembered for a long time. Yeah, I think that's probably an appropriate answer. I mean, he, the guy's so great. It would be different if it was a one-off with someone else that you know, you're just not going to pay attention to. This, it's McDavid. Everyone's going to remember you know, pinnacle seasons from him, and he's going to rack up more hardware and um, you know, we'll see though. It is interesting with the Oilers. Like we bring this up from time to time. He's so good, Dry Saddle's so good, and they're like the rest of the Pacific seems to have kind of broken off almost. Like not out of reach, but LA's humming. You know, Seattle won again last night. They keep going and and Vegas keeps doing it. Like Edmonton might be a wild card team. And they are, but as of right now, they are my favorite coming out of the West. Do you like Jeff Skinner and Net wow. to take them there, Jeff? Or is that a Jack Campbell, Jeff Skinner tandem for you? That's where the buck stops for His me. His name's Stewart. 
<laughs> is it Stuart? Yeah, I'm well aware. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Seymour, I, I, Stuart Skinner. I mean, hey, hey B, they're starting Jeff Skinner, aren't they, if the playoffs start today? I, I absolutely believe yes. they have to. How could you have faith in Jack Campbell? The way he's playing right now, he's been awful lately. I think Skinner's you know, your guy. Weird, it's been a weird year for that cat. Yeah, and I like has. Jack a lot. I do. It's just been a weird year. Hasn't got it done. End no, it hasn't been good enough. Hasn't been good enough. All right, I'm playing the role of the Memphis Grizzlies. What is my level of concern? John ja Morant is going to screw up his career. I feel like we're, we love Marty Wildwood now, so he's just replaced the pleasure pack, Nick Cage, because I, I don't want to get to Nick Cage because Morant is still young. Do the it. News just came down. Just play Marty Wildwood. All right, play Marty. Six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love them, tall boys. I want to play Marty because I want to be in on the pleasure pack. I want. You to love Marty. a good pleasure pack. <laughs> I, I do. Um, it's come out. He's still going to be away from the, from the team for I believe another four games plus. Um, the NBA is investigating if he had a gun on a team plane. That could cost him a 50-game suspension. There's just a lot going on with him. And the Instagram live. How would they ever prove it? Well, that's it. I don't see how they possibly can. I, I don't see that. Unless he was waving it around and they have, you know, you have to go on record, the coach or someone saying, yes, I saw it. I don't know. Um, but there's just a lot of smoke there. I, he's such a good player. He's so talented. But he's got to get rid of the garbage like i don't know if it's people around him i don't know what is going on with him i but find the been... dad to be a weird character yes like always at the, the games shit. always at every game i get it you love your son but sit in the stands like everyone else and just support him that's a factor in all of this let's not kid ourselves yes it's just... and he's not the only parent that travels everywhere but he's right in there i think there's no a part kidding of it too like morant you know he's he's a poster boy right now he's a nike poster boy he just signed a deal with another big company he's worth he's he's the man in memphis and he's a great player great player but there's a lot going on with him right now and and you have to be concerned if you're in memphis like you've got to be concerned that this guy isn't going to do something really stupid that that puts it into a different category of what he's all about. And he can still straighten this out easily. He can get over this, get back and play, and just go on with his life, and no one's going to remember it. But this has been a, a difficult few weeks for John Morant, and he's still away from the team, uh, and he will continue to be for the foreseeable future. There it is, role-play level of concern. Uh, all right, Darren Dreger coming up in the next hour. Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel. The players are coming up tomorrow down at TPC Sawgrass. We will have our picks. Look back in the Leaf game. Tee up Raptors Clippers tonight. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app.